0: Welcome to Mach 10 Sports in this March 30th, 2023 episode, last episode of the month, and it's officially spring, at least in my eyes, this is it, i my transition a little bit, really spring football, baseball, but we're going to recap and get final grades for every SEC basketball team today, um, we have another week of conference play coming up on the diamond in baseball uh, we'll talk a little bit. About what's wrong with Ole Miss, Mississippi State? We'll cover that a little bit. We also have a dynamic pitching matchup tonight in Baton Rouge between Paul Skeens and Chase Dolander in the Tennessee LSU matchup. We will get to that when we preview it. This been it. That was this been a matchup since they announced a schedule back in the fall that everyone who caught who uh, follows college baseball, SEC baseball in particular, is looking forward to. Should be another fun weekend on the diamond. But first. Season's over for the SEC. Let's get final grades out. Just some initial thoughts of the league as a whole. Got eight teams in the tournament. Probably, that was more than I was probably expecting going into the season. Got seven. Uh, I was probably expecting about seven. Um, but the teams that were surprised is obviously the Missouris, the Mississippi States of the world. Those teams kind of – Texas A&M when they got in the conference play. Overall, disappointed in the SEC from the second weekend. Obviously, T- uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Alabama did not show out, did not perform well. There was not a good performance for the league from that standpoint last weekend. But it's one weekend. It's like I'm telling everybody about who uh, everybody who says Alabama kind of needs to adjust their system. It's a one weekend and a single elimination tournament. and We're not even taking into effect hundreds of games we played throughout someone's system before. But we need to tweak it just for this tournament, even though we don't even know who we're going to be playing. So we're trying to tweak something. For a tournament that you don't even know who your opponent's going to be a week out for. I mean, again, whoever it is in the SEC, Texas A&M will not know who they're playing in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament until a week before, five days out before they play it, wherever the regional is next year. These people will just get caught up in the tournament a little too much. Yes, it's unfortunate. There were no number one seeds to advance to the Elite Eight after Alabama was eliminated. But also, we're talking about two weekends out of a four or five month season. Like you got to look big picture. College basketball in its postseason is totally different than college football in its postseason. It, they have to only, the regular season in college basketball has to be judged separately. Than the NCAA tournament. When I'm saying regular season, I'm throwing in the conference tournament. And that too, even though that's considered postseason play. But you just got to look at it differently. In total, though, we're starting off with the grades. Alabama finished thirty-one and six overall. Thirty-one and uh, six overall. Sixteen and two in conference. Number one seed. A sixteen. A Sweet sixteen. Uh, achievement this year. I mean, the grade's got to be A+. plus. SEC regular season champs, tournament champs, second time in three years under Nate Oates, most regular season wins in program history, another Sweet 16 appearance. They're going to hang three banners in Coleman Coliseum this year. Lost in disappointing fashion, yeah, for for sure. But I think you were lying to yourself if you were just like, oh, Alabama's going to cruise to the Final Four. No one in the history of the NCAA NCAA tournament has ever cruised their way to to a Final Four. It just doesn't happen. So for you to be that disappointed about it, yeah, a little discouraged, a little disappointing. Uh, I get that. I get that. Maybe a little tough to watch the Final Four. I I get that. Um, But to be disappointed in your season or anybody... Taking jabs at Alabama for making the Sweet 16 doesn't really make sense. A-plus, one of the best teams in the SEC and from a regular season conference uh, standpoint that I can remember in a decent bid. I mean, they're up there in the conversations with the best. But, I mean, great year. A-plus. Portal, again, you hear me say it about a lot of these teams, is going to be big for a lot of these teams. Alabama's already got a Wichita State commitment coming in. Uh, another six, seven, six, eight forward it Should really help the team, but again, Alabama's this season in specific incredible year. Big off season though. You're losing two assistants in Brian and Brian Hotchin and Charlie Henry. You're losing two out of the three assistants. Petway's up for the Kennesaw State job, so retaining him will be key, and then filling some voids through the portal. Moving on to the next team, Texas A&M finished 25 and 10, 15 and 3 in the SEC. They were a seven seed, lost in the first round. Um, to Penn State, Penn State shot lights out, but right rough start to the year for finishing strong last year, without a lot of its product, with a lot of pro- its productions back. Probably was the most consistent team in the country from January to March. This team was left for dead after non-conference play, and I was the one driving the car leaving them. I'll be honest with you, I was a little bothered with the preseason scheduling, and then they struggled with it. So I was like, man, come on! But man, they were relentless, played their tails off in the year 2023. Disappointing outing. Penn State in the first round, but that's basketball. It's basketball. Penn State shot outside their minds. I think they were 7 for 10 from beyond the arc at one point. But Texas A&M, a solid B, especially after recovering from what they did in non-conference play, not scheduling tough, losing a lot of games in Myrtle Beach around Thanksgiving, but was a top two or three consistent team once the calendar year turned 2023. Great finish. They finished one game out of first place in the SEC regular season. Moved to the Kentucky Wildcats, finished 22-12, and 12-6 in the SEC. They were a six-seed lost in the round of 32. I'm going to give the season a C-. A year in where you return to Oscar Shebway, it's tough to call the season a success, losing in the second round, in my opinion, with all the inconsistency. No need to panic yet, though. If you're Big Blue Nation, hear me out. No need to panic. Injuries were crucial in why expectations and standards were not met. There's no denying that. But the whole vibe of this team seemed off. I picked them to win the SEC going into the regular season, but as of the season went on into the start of conference play, it just didn't seem like there were a lot of real dudes and dogs in this team. Not really from an ability standpoint, but from a mindset standpoint. Never really saw that killer instinct out of the squad. Maybe because they could never really get a consistent rotation in due to injuries. But no real killer instinct out of anyone except Oscar Sheewe at times. Uh, C-minus, below average year for the Cats. I feel like a, a realistic Kentucky fan would probably agree with you there. Uh, need to bounce back this next year for Cal. Missouri. Finished 25-10, and 11-7 in the SEC, a seven seed. Got eliminated in the round of 32 to Princeton. Got to give Dennis Gates' first year an A. Fantastic first year for Dennis Gates. He should have been the coach of the year in the conference. Wasn't even a co-coach of the year. Crazy. It was Jerry Stackhouse, nothing against him and Buzz Williams, but Dennis Gates should have got that on it by himself inherited some guys like Kobe Brown, but guys from the portal like DeMoy Hodge and Isaiah Mosley also helped. He did a good job in the portal, <clears throat> bringing some experience in this past year. I saw them in person, and it just was a really cool, calm dude on the bench. Team plays very carefree and loose, but not in a bad way. They do turn it over some, but you can tell their team's real comfortable. They know they're not going to get reamed or ripped by him. Um, it wasn't like a Frank Martin type deal, but like you could just tell he was real... Cool, calm, collected. I mean, he's the opposite of Frank Martin. Just His team really gravitated to him. I like to hire. This was an A year for Missouri. Tennessee, going 25-10, 11-7 in the SEC, 4 seed, sweet 16 berth. i got to give this season a B B+. Any other team in recent memory, I can't remember been hit with this many injuries in Tennessee had this year. They'd never had an entire team healthy at one time. We know about Sakai Ziegler's injury, but literally every other... Guy on the team had some significant injury at some point. They had their offensive woes, but they truly defended it at an elite level, and that was impressive given their injuries and making the Sweet 16 and getting that first weekend monkey off your back has to be a B plus for Rick Barnes and this squad for overcoming their injuries, making it past the first weekend, getting the Sweet 16. How you lost the Sweet 16, blowing a nine point lead in the second half to a team you're probably better than than FAU. People see the name on the jerseys in basketball and feel like it's an upset. Same with Alabama with San Diego State. But this year, when you factor in everything, B-plus year for Tennessee. They're going to have to go get some guys out of the portal, though. Vanderbilt, 22-15 overall, 11-7 in the SEC. NIT bid, i give it a B year for him after losing his best player in Scottie Pippen Jr. last year. Jerry Stackhouse in the doors had a very good year, despite having some key injuries uh, With Lee and Robbins, they still managed to finish 6th in the SEC. This is just after, like I mentioned, losing their best player off last year's team in Scotty Pippen Jr. I honestly think Stack is a better coach when he has a more unified group and no real superstar that they have to factor in on offense, get him a lot of touches. They had some poor performances early, for example, a home loss to Grambling State. They lost by 57 on the road to an Alabama team, but had big home wins against Tennessee, Auburn, and Mississippi State late in the year. To have this team in the tournament discussion during a conference tournament, Time was an accomplishment in itself. I don't really care what they did in the NIT. Stack's a very good ball coach. He won co SEC coach for the year. I don't really agree with that, but still, it doesn't take away. He's a very good ball coach from an S- XO standpoint. I actually think he's better when his team's more unified, like I mentioned, than just having some star guy. Thought he did a solid year, though, after losing a guy like Scotty Pippen Jr. to B for the doors this year. Auburn finished 21 and 13, 10 and 8 in the SEC, a nine seed round of 32 exit. Uh, I gave Auburn a B. This roster had too much faith in its guard play to start with, so it was doomed before the season even started. Bruce, if I'm being honest with – I think Bruce, if he's being honest with himself, would admit he was too loyal to Wendell Green, Zepp Jasper, Trey Donaldson. A great pickup was Jani Broom from Moorhead State, and he's a multi-year player, so he'll be back. That's a good pickup. But this team looked exactly what you thought it would look like if it didn't have Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. We saw that in the Miami second-round game of the NCAA tournament last year where they were eliminated. Sounds easy to say. But how often does that actually happen and an individual team can't find its own mo? I mean, it's easy to be like, ah, they were just like Jabari Smith without Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. That's really what it was, though. It, it really is what it looked like. Like, just no one ever stepped up. Still a B season because they did make the tournament. That's an accomplishment itself and won a game. Still, though, just never really had any mo real momentum once Conference play started. Never really made any big-time plays when they needed. They'd have good halves, good second halves. Normally good halves like they had in Tuscaloosa and uh, in College Station. Places like that, they just played well at. The only place that they really just got manhandled from start to finish was Kentucky. I mean, they could have won the Tennessee game. It was a low-score and ugly game. But Auburn just never finished, never made the plays when they had to that the good teams make. But still, winning a game in the NCAA tournament after winning the SEC last year. It's a solid B-grade. Florida. Finished sixteen and seventeen in Todd Golden's first year. Nine and nine in the SEC. Made the NIT. Got blown out by UCF. Got to give it a C minus year. Average first year. Below average first year for Todd Golden. The analytics based coach inherited one of the league's better players in college, Colin Castleton. He had to utilize it, but it's it's not how he wants to truly utilize his team, if we're being honest. This portal season is going to be huge for Todd Golden, at, for the Todd Golden era in Gainesville. The season didn't seem as bad as the overall losing record, but you are what your record says you are. Losing Castleton late in the year probably cost him two to three games, and I think that is fair to say. Look, the sky isn't falling, but this offseason will be a critical one, and next year is the year they need to take that next step. And be playing meaningful basketball come the second week of March. It's, too quick. it's the quick sense on Florida's grade this year: C minus. Mississippi State finished 21 and 13, 8 and 10, play in game in Dayton. Uh, eliminated there. Uh, Got to go B. Got to go B. Great first year for Chris Jans. The defense was very good, but the offense was just as bad. I mean, worst three-point shooting team in the country. This is another big transfer portal cycle for Jans and Seth. You'll hear me as we get deeper in this list. Big for them. They need to go get some scores, some shooters. They're going to have, like I said, some playmakers. Somebody, guys with confidence from beyond the perimeter. You could tell at times, Mississippi State, even when some of their guys had open looks, they were just real timid and pass them up at times. Great defensively, but a great first year for Chris Jans coming over from new mexico state i I really liked what he did this year making the tournament playing game great job uh they give a lot of teams hell in the league big offensive portal season though they need to go get better get some scores and get some shooters from the portal arkansas going 22 and 14 8 and 10 in the sec an eight seed in the tournament made it to the sweet 16 got to give eric musselman and the hogs a b underachieving year overall minus two weeks but hey it was the Razorbacks and Eric Musselman's third straight Sweet 16. Cannot take that away. It's hard to do. I honestly think if they would have lost the first weekend, the season, if they would have lost to Kansas or um, who, they, who else did they played in that first round, they played, uh, who am I forgetting? The Arkansas, oh, Illinois. Um, it probably would have been a C minus. I mean, they bumped up a lot. They went from C minus, in my opinion, if they'd have lost in the first round or missed it, to a B. The Sweet 16 moved them up significantly. Injuries and lack of shooting ultimately halt, halted what should have been a top three finish in the league this year instead of finishing 10th overall. I think a lot of people are going to forget. They finished 10th overall in the league. Uh, we're going to be, like I said, we're going to forget. That's going to be crazy. Crazy stat people are going to forget about is, man, that, that Arkansas team that beat Kansas with the Sweet 16, they finished 10th? Your preseason top three in the SEC, top two? Preseason top five team, signed the top three class. Hmm, some NBA draft picks. Interesting. 10th in the SEC. But it's a B season because what Musk does in March, best tournament coach in the conference right now, Georgia. Finished 16-16, and and 6-12 in the SEC, no tournament appearance. D-plus, first year for Mike White. Uh, Could have gone better for sure for Coach White. There really were not a lot of positives besides the home wins against Auburn and Kentucky. Another program, another first-year head coach going into his first real offseason after getting the lay of the land of his current job that it's going to be Big to win the portal to get consistently competitive in this league. I'd be real interested to see what Georgia's NIL is like for basketball. Random thought there, but it'd be interesting to see how much money they've designated that because I'm hearing Alabama's is through the roof. They have a really good setup over there right now, and that's why you see they're having success. It is what it is. And obviously Nate Oates' his ability to get guys in the league, he's an ultimate roster builder. But going back to Georgia, NIL, they need to get that right for Mike White. You know they have it. It's a state loaded with talent. They should be better. I don't really know how much they care Mike White was an interesting hire in my I mean Florida's about to get rid of him. Interesting hire there. Big, big offseason. Probably the biggest of anyone, right, in my opinion. he's, he's gotta, gotta be in the tournament conversation come next March. South Carolina, Lamont Paris' first year. They finished 11 and 21, 4-14 in the SEC, no tournament appearance. You're that bad of a record, I'm giving you an F. Poor first year for Lamont Paris, but he had some moments against Kentucky in the road and played Alabama to, down to the wire in an overtime game at home. But, man, were they just a bad team outside of Gigi Jackson making individual plays. Again, I feel like a broken record. You could say this for every team to an extent, but another big offseason in the portal needs to happen for Paris and the Gamecocks. Not really much to build off of for this past season. That's why I gave it an F as much as I hated to do it. Ole Miss, 12-21. They finished in Kermit Davis's last year. 4-14 Four in the league, no tournament appearance. Again, they fired Kermit Davis. The season in itself was easily an F, but they totally changed their trajectory of the basketball program with the hiring of Chris Beard, in my opinion, a couple weeks ago. Honestly, you would take this past season if you knew in hindsight it would get you Beard. If you're an Ole Miss fan, and I said, I could get you Chris Beard if you, again, don't make the tournament under Kermit Davis right the fourth straight year. I bet most of them would do it. I'm serious. But specifically about this 2022-2023 season, they beat a Final Four team in FAU back in November. FAU came back here in late November. I believe it was the Alabama football game weekend when Alabama was in Oxford. FAU almost beat FAU on that Friday night. Let that sink in. But in all seriousness, no real offensive threats, injuries, just inconsistencies all over the place to give or, give or take a game or two. Tennessee at home maybe, the, the probably your biggest one. It was a time for Kermit to move on. It does not mean Kermit Davis is a bad basketball coach. I think he knows what he's doing on the hardwood. It's just time for both parties to to separate, go their different ways. And this is almost his first real chance to go hire a real basketball coach with when they've had real facilities. The pavilion's a beautiful place, great facilities. And they go luck in. I mean, that's where they lucked in and had the gonads to make that hire, which I think was correct. They're going to go to the tournament here within the next two to three years, in my opinion. They will be in the NCAA tournament. You heard it here first. <clears throat> I mean, for the season, it's an F grade. But, I mean, just when the season ended, a week later, you redeemed yourself with an A-plus hire. So the season's in half, but the trajectory of the program is through the through the roof right now. I'm, I'm expecting a tournament here in the next two or three years. like where the Ole Miss program is. Look out for – sounds like Coach Flanagan, the assistant at Auburn, is going to head to Ole Miss with Beard. It might bring Auburn transfer Allen Flanagan over, who I think could have got some more touches late in uh, situations for Bruce Pearl and his team instead of Wendell Green. Um, and then Chance Westry is another name. Got entered portal for Auburn. True freshman. that's supposed to have a big year. Had injuries. He is – uh, supposed to, word is, go to Auburn. So that, are so transfer to Ole Miss with Chris Beard. So that will be interesting. He also got Beard, got Brakefield, the transfer from Duke to stick around. So he's building some foundation like Ole Miss is. Then finally, LSU, Matt McMahon's first year, they finished 14 and 19. 2-16 in the SEC, no tournament appearance. Rough first year for Matt McMahon and his LSU Tigers. He inherited a program with no players last April, but the team was very poor outside a close loss to K-State back in December. No real bright spot, and from what I hear from the locals, he's very to himself and doesn't interact with the kind of influential people just from talking to him. That can be a problem when you're not winning. Next year, again, he's kind of in that Georgia mode, portal will be key for the former um. Murray State coach. It'll be key. This Murray State coach is a real hit or miss, but it'll be interesting. Matt McMahon, kind of a quiet guy to himself, needs to hit big in the portal. Them in Georgia need it this year. SEC in general, though, great year. Like I mentioned, eight teams made the tournament. Three made it to the Sweet 16. Disappointing Sweet 16, second 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 weekend performance. But again, the SEC basketball, top two or three conference in the country right now. You like what it's doing. It's a physical league with, mixed in with a lot of athleticism. Issue is from the SEC that I think they need to get fixed. They need to get some more shooters in the league. I think they finished 32nd out of 32 last in the country from a conference standpoint in three-point shooting percentage. That has to get fixed, I think, if they want to make some deeper runs in the tournament. But there's no more physical league, no more athletic league out there. Hey, can't wait to continue to bring the transfer portal news from a basketball standpoint. Hey, just before we blink, it'll be November again, and we'll be talking some hoops uh, like we do on every episode from a regular standpoint, but a great 2022-2023 basketball season. Just wanted to put a bow on it, tie it up with the final grades for each team, heading into a real big transfer portal season for a lot of the league. Uh, heading in to baseball now. we got some big matchups coming up this weekend. But first, let's get you to some some of the scores from this midweek action. Get it pulled up right here. Let's get you some midweek action here. There weren't really many close games in the midweek action this past week. Uh, We had an interesting one down in Pearl. Ole Miss and Southern Miss were in a close game on Tuesday night at Trustmark. Uh, and The game ended. They had to cancel it because the turf was so bad for the Embraves. They're about to start. So the game got canceled with Ole Miss down 2-1, I think, in the fourth or fifth. Some people were saying Ole Miss trying to get away from playing a midweek game when they're losing again, like they canceled the Louisiana tech one. The difference in this one guys though, is that the Louisiana tech game was in Oxford. The gaming Southern Miss was in Trustmark Park. part. That was on the uh, M Braves, Mississippi Braves, double A affiliate grounds crew. It was not on Ole Miss. So just wanted to clear that up. That game was canceled. It's a no contest. Tennessee got a five nothing win over UNC Asheville. Uh, Kentucky got a 10, eight win over Western Kentucky, Texas, in the biggest midweek game, got the 5-2 win in College Station, just pitched their way. AM and m could get nothing going offensively, left a bunch of runners on. Vanderbilt got an 11-1 win over Lipscomb. Alabama got a 10-4 win over Middle Tennessee State. Mississippi State got a 9-4 win over Samford. Arkansas got a 16-3 win over Omaha. Auburn got a 14-1 win over North Alabama. Uh, Florida, Florida State was canceled down in Jacksonville. South Carolina got a 13-2 win over the Citadel. LSU got a 17 to five win over Grambling, and Missouri got a six five win over Illinois. How about Missouri? The last two weeks getting two big midweek rivalry wins against Kansas uh, at Kauffman Park, where the Kansas City Royals play in Kansas City, and then getting a win over Illinois. Just beat them in basketball too. Look at Missouri. Look at Missouri. Uh, and then the only game on Wednesday or two we had, we had. Missouri getting another 7-5 win over Lindenwood. And then Georgia Southern just taking it to the Georgia Bulldogs, 12-2 uh, on Wednesday night. And then we have, starting today, we got a big one. We got the big one. We got two. Let's lead off. First, we have number nine, South Carolina, who looks really good right now. Heading to start, like taking on a swirling Mississippi State team right now that just cannot do anything right. They have to get it done. I mean, what Vanderbilt did to them last week, how many runs they put on them, what, like 60 runs? I mean, they can put 26, 18, and 11 or 12 on Sunday. It, Mississippi State's doing nothing right right now. I mean, besides not hitting the baseball, making errors, and not pitching, I mean, the, those are the only three weaknesses. But the thing is, that's everything. Mississippi State is This is big for Chris Lemonis. They need to get – I think they need to kind of win this series. They need to get a series under their belt. They need to get some confidence going. I don't like where Chris Lamonis and the squad's going right now. Uh, oh, We'll get to Ole Miss in a minute. It's a little different. Mississippi State just feels like the last two years, I mean, they've lost, what, 18 straight conference games heading back to last year. It's a, it's a terrible streak, and they're just a – just spiraling out of control. I mean, it doesn't look good for Crystal Motors. They missed, Hoover missed the SEC tournament again this year. He's probably gone two years removed from winning a national championship. That just doesn't fly there when you have the resources and facilities. They're not just bad, they're really bad. And I'll get to, like I said, I'll get to Ole Miss in a minute. I think they're two different, totally different. And it's not because Ole Miss won a national championship more recently. It's just, Mississippi State has no strength. There's nothing to build off of. You, you got nothing. It's not a big series for them. They need to at least get one or two. If they get swept at home, South Carolina is good, but Mississippi State should not be getting swept by them this year at home. They should be salvaging a game. And then the big one, number 10, Tennessee heads to number one LSU tonight, 7 p.m. first pitch on ESPNU. We got Chase Dolander versus Paul Skeens. It's going to be an epic weekend. Probably Tennessee's not as good as people probably anticipated. People wanted the 1-2 matchup when it was announced. Um, but, again, Tennessee, they got—they bring the energy Uh, They they're going to get three solid starts. Kind of looked at they kind of reinvented themselves a little bit against Texas A and M with that sweep uh, after getting swept by Missouri in the first weekend. The key here will be, in my opinion, can Tennessee get into the bullpen? The series it's going to be I think it's going to be an instant classic. But whether or not it will likely be will come down to how well Tennessee's pitching staff slows down LSU. I think that's what it's going to be. Can miss, can Tennessee's pitching staff do what they did last week against Texas A&M and not have that performance against Missouri? And I think they're probably going to have to be better than they were against Texas A&M because the LSU's lineup is so much better than Texas A&M's. Uh, it's better than Texas A&M's. I shouldn't say so much. But it's better than Texas A&M's. So Tennessee's pitching staff, which has the ability, which has the ability, when you throw out Chase Dolander is going to go tonight, Chase Burns, Drew Beam. Those guys last year were really good. They had the chance. Tennessee could do it. They're going to come out with energy. So probably one of the few series they've been in in the last two years, they've just been totally kind of doubted. Alex Box is going to be a ruckus, but it's going to come down to how well the pitching staff has to slow down the Tennessee offense. It's going to have to I trust LSU's staff to slow down Tennessee some, but the key is going to be how well does Tennessee pitch. I think LSU's going to get two out of three here, but I think these games are going to be close. I think Tennessee's going to come out with some energy and some swag to them. Uh, Like I said, I mentioned this one. I think South Carolina, Mississippi State, 6 p.m. on SEC Network. I think South Carolina will get two out of three. I think State will salvage one. But those are the series that start on Thursday, those two, then heading to Friday. Those two will continue on Friday and Saturday, wrapping up on Saturday. The rest of the league, Missouri heading to Lexington, Pretty good matchup here. Two teams in good spots right now. Missouri got swept, but the games were a lot closer in Columbia, South Carolina last week. Kentucky, if they can continue to pitch, scrap out wins, be aggressive. I like that Kentucky team. Watched them real closely last week against Alabama. I like what they're doing. They have NCAA tournament regional hosts written all over them if they can keep this up. Big series for them, though. They need to get two or three at home. Kentucky, they're scrappy. They pitch well. I like the cast to get two out of three here. Auburn heading to Florida. Auburn has pitching issues. This is not the lineup you want to go face to fix it. Jack Caglion is just, God, what he did in Oxford last week, what he hit, four, five, six home runs. It was unbelievable. I witnessed it firsthand. It was a great performance. Florida's a great hitting team. Wyatt Langford's getting back into rhythm after uh, having the injury. Pitching staff, top three pitching staff in the league. I don't think Auburn gets right. This could be a sweep or two out of three. I lean towards Florida, two out of three. We talked Tennessee-LSU. I said I think LSU wins a scrappy classic Series, two out of three. South Carolina, Mississippi State, we discussed. I think South Carolina is going to get two out of three, if not a sweep there. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, a big series for both. A big, big series for both. Both teams come in this in the bottom of the West there, along with Mississippi State. A&M comes in one and five in conference. Ole Miss, 0-6. Oh 0-6. Oh um, it's a big win. I mean, the loser of this series at worst. I mean, if you're Ole Miss and you lose the series – you're gonna be one and eight. I mean, A and M loses their series. They're gonna be two and seven. I mean, this is a massive series. It, like Ole Miss, Ole Miss is turned around, heading into the SEC tournament. Don't know if their season's gonna end right there. They go on a hot streak for about a month, four weeks, play well, win the national championship. You can always turn your season around in baseball, especially in college baseball where there's a postseason tournament if you can make your conference tournament. So it's not over whoever loses this series. It's, it's not at all. But you don't want to lose your first three SEC series and you don't want to be 1-8, 2-7 and, eight, two and seven after three, especially with the gauntlet of the schedule left. Key will be though, Ole Miss is starting pitching and also they have not hit well since they've been in conference play. Outside Calvin Harris, no one has hit well outside. Ole Miss, his bats have been locked down. Now granted, Vanderbilt has a solid pitching staff and Florida has a top three pitching staff in the league too. AM not as much. They've struggled. Uh Detmer, Nathan Detmer struggled here his last start against uh who at Tennessee last week gave up nine runs, I think in five innings. But this is a this is a big win, because if you're in this, you're kind of locked in the cellar dweller for the first half of the season and you're fighting scratching and clawing with a lot of mat a lot of big series against top ten teams left. So you don't want to start one and eight or an 0-9 oh if you're Mississippi State or uh 1-8 if you're Texas A&M getting swept. So you just want to avoid losing the series. With that prediction, I'm gonna go um gonna take the Aggies right now, man. I do not like the Ole Miss, the Doherty starting on Friday. I do not like the Ole Miss pitching staff. There's not a lot of Then Revis is just not getting it done. He's had two quality starts, but he's looked bad at times. I mean, they almost got a solid bullpen in Mason Nichols, but they've been inconsistent. I don't like the way the Rebels are playing right now. I like Texas A&M to get two out of three in this series. And then, heading to the last series here, we got, it is Alabama heading to Fayetteville. Uh, This is a big series for both teams. Arkansas lost two out of three to LSU last week. Played well. They're just so tough to beat on Friday night with Hagen and Smith. They're they're so tough to beat. Uh, Arkansas is. Arkansas is just a tough team to beat. You got Hagen Smith and Hunter Holen going. Or you got Hunter Holen and then Hagen Smith coming out of the pin on Friday. They almost sell out for that Friday is what Dave Horn has been doing just to get that win. And I think they think with better teams they can go get one more out of those next two against the good teams like LSU. They won on Friday, Arkansas with that with Holland and Smith. But then LSU beat you pretty bad the next two. So uh, I think till they get that Sunday guy, more pitching depth out of the starting rotation, he's just going to take that against the teams he thinks he can beat. And I think that's what his thoughts are this week. Arkansas swinging the bats, though. I mean, they got after LSU's pitching. They're going to be tough. Uh, the last two games of this series, they put a doubleheader. Like I said, LSU scored 26 runs on them last week. But, again, they're bats. It's tough to hold LA, uh, Arkansas in check. Key for Alabama. If Alabama could win that Friday night series, a Friday night game, I think they'll win the series. I think they're going to win either Saturday or Sunday. That's the way Arkansas has kind of been handled. They get poor performances on Saturday, Sunday. Like I said, Dave Van Horn's been selling out. Alabama, they're 2-4 and in conference. Playing better than their record says. Probably should have won the series against Florida. They were up in the second game heading to the ninth. Blew it, Ark, Ole Miss. I mean, Florida scored two to win that one. Bama won the third one. They lost an extra innings to Kentucky on Friday, won the one on Sunday. So they could have won both series against two really good pitching staffs. I mean, Florida and Kentucky's pitching staffs overall are better than what they'll see from Arkansas. So that's what gives you a little confidence if you're a Crimson Tide fan. Bama needs to get, to be a big, I'm not going to say they have to win the series because going to a Bomb Stadium in Fayetteville is tough enough. That's, it's asking a lot. I don't know if that's going to get done. But um, winning one and having a chance. They can go into Sunday playing for a rubber game. That's gonna be, Anything can happen on this Sunday. Alabama will probably have the pitching advantage in. They seem need to get one of these first two. This is an interesting series. I mean, obviously, Tennessee-LSU is the best one of the weekend. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, they both really need it. But this is an interesting one. If Alabama could win two out of three, they get it. I mean, they have Mississippi State and Auburn right after that. Two winnable series both at home. Will be interesting to see. Friday night's a big one, because Arkansas sells out to win. Alabama needs to win either Friday or Saturday. I like the Hogs winning two out of three, though, at the end of the day. And then the last game, last series, should have brought this one up. Um, we got Georgia heading to Nashville. Georgia's just really struggling right now. We got uh, rocked by Georgia Southern in a midweek game 12-2. Vanderbilt playing really well. It's at Vanderbilt. I like the number four ranked Commodores to get it done, two out of three. We've had a lot of sweeps in the first two weekends. Remarkably, historically, a lot of sweeps. I mean, what, we had five in the first weekend and we had two or three in the second one. It's. I don't think we'll have as many sweeps this week. I think the only sweeps you really have opportunities-wise wouldn't shock me if Kentucky swept Missouri. I could see Florida easily sweeping Auburn. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to come up with too much energy to get swept by LSU. South Carolina could easily sweep Mississippi State. I don't think Ole Miss or Texas A&M sweep one another. Vanderbilt could easily sweep Georgia. Alabama would have to perform really bad, bad, bad to get swept by Arkansas. Uh, and there's no way Alabama sweeps Arkansas. So I, I think we'll have one, maybe two. They sh- it should go down. But, again, it's a fun weekend. we got the three series to remember to keep an eye on, of course. If you love baseball, great pitching matchup. Like I mentioned, you can't miss the Dolander Lander-Skeens matchup tonight. Tennessee-LSU, uh, that's the matchup, the real big one you need to watch. Then Ole Miss-Texas A&M from a don't-want-to-be-in-the-cellar-dweller had higher expectations. Then Alabama-Arkansas from an interesting how the schedule kind of shakes up. This would be big for Alabama. Arkansas just trying to get a series win at home, say in the regional host, uh, super regional host conversation. But that's it for today's episode we wrapped up the college basketball season great year for the sec we're just getting into the middle of college baseball season the college conference schedule here college baseball conference schedule here in the sec we're going to keep bringing to the action don't forget to like subscribe go see us on all our social media avenues and i hope you have a great weekend keep following us on mock 10 sports for the best information on sec sports